And we are back on Buff Hub, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Steve Vega. Thank you so much for joining me this weekend. Um, yeah, guys, I'm going to be sticking to a topic that for a lot of people who are sports fans, you're pretty pretty familiar with, right? Uh, whether if you're into MMA, whether if you're into boxing, um, you know, for me personally, I am always interested in watching fights that just have those steady contenders. And how awesome is it to say, as a Buffalo Bills fan, um, or if you're listening and maybe you're a fan of another team that's just, they're a contender, right? How awesome is that to know that your team every single year is a contender? For Bills fans, this is unfamiliar territory, but now it's familiar territory at the same time, right? Um, we're used to devastating losses knocking us out of playoff contention, not out of the playoffs. So, you know, it, it's interesting. So this whole entire week, uh, you know, i just been going back and forth and looking at, I mean, I'm talking about really old boxing fights. Uh, I say really old because I, I, I feel old. <laughs> but growing up watching Oscar De La Hoya, um, you know, those early Mayweather fights. You know, ever heard of Tito Trinidad, uh, Puerto Rican boxing legend. And then, you know, going back into George St. Pierre and the MMA, uh, you know, names that <laughs> a lot of you guys may not even know because maybe you just know McGregor and Khabib, um, Nurmagomedov, and so on and so forth, Kamaru Usman. But, man, there's always that guy. You know, I want to talk about this. There's always that guy. There's always that boxer that you hear about. Kind of stays in the realm of possibility to get the title. And um, then there are those that you know have hit their ceiling early. You see a lot of quarterbacks like that, a lot of players like that, right, in the NFL. And it's either the trainer or the boxer's fault. You know, some boxers never find the training coach they need. And some find them early on, and it translates into an amazing career. That's basically what happened to Floyd Mayweather. He either was getting trained by his father or he was getting trained by his uncle. And no matter what you may think of his success being either an incomplete or overrated, one thing is certain. Mayweather has always had his uncle or father training him ahead of championship bouts, and he remained undefeated. And I, I think it's so easy to say, man, you know, Mayweather just, you know, he, he's so overrated and he just got away with, you know, play, you know fighting a bunch of chumps and whatever have you. I mean, he, he really didn't fight chumps. If you really look back, Miguel Cotto was probably his hardest fight. Um, if you're into boxing, I'm sorry if I'm losing you if you're not into boxing. But, um, you know, you look at a guy like Manny, the Manny Pacquiao fight and, you know, everyone wants to talk about how Pacquiao was injured and all this. Like, no. At the end of the day, I know we all, we all want to sit there and say, you know, the fighter, right, or the player gets all the credit. Because they're out there on the field, or they're out there in the ring, and they're taking the punches. They're taking the licks. They need to execute. But there's a game plan behind all of that. And there's so many things happening right now, right? As far as, you know, the Ken Dorsey situation with, you know, Brian Dayball leaving, you know, Joe Brady becoming the quarterback's coach for the Buffalo Bills. And now they're talking about, you know, bringing in a new offensive line coach, um, which we'll get into all that. But but now, you know, this is where and when Josh Allen and the Bills team is going to get super tested because basically you're looking at a situation where you better hope that these shoes are going to get filled relatively quickly or else it's going to look like it's all Sean McDermott's fault, which would really suck because I personally am a really big fan of Sean McDermott as far as what he's been able to do with this team. Um, it's really hard to 
you know, dip your hands into every single facet of your team and, you know, you, you take the first punch as far as all the critics go if your team doesn't execute and win a game. But in my opinion, I think it's a lot deeper than that. And what sucks is that no one's going to believe your team or your player is good enough without the proof, without the hardware. I mean, if we're going to be real, the only hardware the Buffalo Bills have right now currently are t-shirts and hats of being the AFC East divisional champions. And it's wild to say after close of 20 years of torture that that's not good enough as Bills fans. And it's not good enough to see the Bills destroy the Patriots in Buffalo. You know, people <laughs> people still don't respect Derek Carr, even after all the numbers he puts off, all the wins, you know, great wins in the regular season against great opponents, all the turmoil that's happening in the Raiders organization, right? Nobody respects anyone without proof of success. Your numbers may be high, but you are, you know, a bad season away from just being another guy at QB. And, you know, that that's very tragic, right? Because Josh Allen has, he's made strides. And I, man, it's what's so crazy, you know, talking about all this. And I'm, I'm trying to round it all together right now with this whole aspect of, you know, having a steady contender. It's like, this is what it feels like. You're, you're consistently in the conversation, and this is the bottom line. It's not fair. It's never fair. This is the crazy thing. It's it, Right now, it's not, fair, it's not fair for Mahomes. And he won a Super Bowl. They're expecting him to literally destroy the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cincinnati Bengals, they, they flip the script, and, and they figure out how to beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But yet... Patrick Mahomes, you weren't good enough. You know, like, where do you draw the line? I, I, I think it goes half and half. You know, it, it, you're going to have a glass half full, or as some would say half empty, if your coaching staff isn't meeting the quarterback halfway with a great game plan. Any team we have seen in the NFL this season, any team can beat any team. And I'm going to tell you this, man. Going into this next season... I really hope, and I believe, personally, first off, I believe and I hope that Ken Dorsey is going to do a good job. Otherwise, things are going to unravel relatively quickly. So we're going to find out very quick when this season starts up if it was 60% Josh Allen, 40% Brian Dable um, when Ken Dorsey uh, starts to you know make these play calls. And also we're going to see maybe are there aspects of this offense that were held back, right? Um, you, you look at trust you know issues and you look at let's only feed Gabriel Davis the ball when you know Honey Badger is out for the game. Um, and you know he executes and gets four touchdowns in a divisional champ in a, in a divisional round of the playoffs, right? So now we're going to talk about you know the whole situation with Joe Brady here, and then we're going to round it up with the offensive line. Um, here's the thing, guys. Being a steady contender, you need to be able to have consistency at each level. This guy's coming out of Carolina, um, you know, and he's he has some criticism, obviously, underneath Matt Rule um, with the aspects of coaching over there, but. Let's just be real. They had no quarterback that they could truly run the offense they wanted th to run their offense through. Um, 
poor Carolina. I mean, I mean, they tried everything. They traded for Sam Darnold. I mean, they picked up, you know, Cam Newton thinking he was going to reinvent himself and just, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, come back and have an MVP season and at the end of the season and take him to the playoffs. Like it wasn't going to happen. But that's no, that's no fault to Joe Brady. Joe Brady now has an absolute clean slate coming over to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, and he's going to be able to really <laughs> boost his resume, uh, so to speak, in Buffalo, which I think, um, you know, that, that's, that's going to be really good uh, for this organization. You know, coaches that are up and coming, that are, that are doing, you know, good things in the NFL are going to start coming to Buffalo, and you know what that does? That brings better players. I think when you look in the past, you look at a lot of players where they feel comfortable going to. It's typically a system um, that they enjoy. Uh, with coaches, they enjoy. I mean, f- for the love of God, even after all those years of you know, you know, Shady McCoy, for example, um, you know, with Andy Reid over in uh, over in Philadelphia, finally finds his way back to Andy Reid <laughs> in Kansas City. Um, you know, you can't make it up. Players are in love with systems. Players are in love with coaches. And as much as we want to say the money talks, yes, the money talks, but results talk louder. And um, you know, that's the that's the emphasis I wanted to point this on. Right? Is that you have this fighter, but we need those coaches to you know really. Take it to the next level this season. I feel like the talent is there. Um, and, you know, maybe to get these acquisitions as far as the defensive line goes, um, maybe it's going to be one of those things where uh, we got to kind of get lucky. I know that's been a point of emphasis, right? And we're going to talk about that after we talk about the offensive line. But, you know, um, you look at the coaching staff we have there. I feel like you look at the the, the players that have come, Mario Addison, Star Latule. Like, they, they were straight from... You know, you see it, Carolina. It wasn't just Sean McDermott. It was, you know, uh, the defensive line's coach and, and you know, the connections there. Um, so so there, there's a lot to say about that. Now, you know, speaking about the offensive line now, uh, it just hit the news, and I'm recording this on Thursday, <laughs> that uh, Vikings offensive line coach Phil Rosher, I believe is the way you uh, you pronounce it, uh, was hired as an offensive line coach for the Buffalo Bills. So, um yeah, you know, interesting, right? This this isn't coming from the fabric of any coaching staff, anyone on the coaching staff um, that I'm familiar with. I mean, I, I don't know if you maybe someone can correct me on Twitter. I don't know. I, I don't see anyone that uh, this guy has any relation to. I mean, he was hired from the Minnesota Vikings, and um, there is zero fabric as far as any names here. Mike Zimmer, uh, Jay Gruden, Vance Joseph. Uh, you know, but here's the cool thing. You know, he's in his 30s, so he's maybe he's going to bring that element of you know having that youth. Um, you know, zest that's going to really infect, you know, those young guys and really help that position group where there was a lot of trouble. Let's be very honest, the entire season, we we're just questioning, like, what is it going to take for all of the money that the Buffalo Bills have invested into this, into this offensive line to finally start executing and protecting Josh Allen? Um, started to really come together as, you know, the season went on and we started to go into the playoffs. But if we can be completely honest, we need to have more consistency early on in the season. The Bills need to have the entire playoff run in Buffalo. That's that's basically where I'm coming to with, you know, talking about, you know, obviously what's relevant with the Bills, but then really bringing it back to um, 
you like that methodology. I know Bruce is listening. <laughs> I'm trying to be more methodical with my approach on this podcast because I, I just like to rant. I love talking about the Bills. I love talking about sports, but I really, I'm trying to do my best to make sure you guys are getting uh, the best content here. Listen, man, what I'm basically breaking this down into is that this is the way the Bills get over the hump of not just being a steady contender where they're always being talked about, where we're seeing hardware, right? That hardware, there's only two pieces of hardware you can get as a team. It's in the AFC Championship or the NFC Championship and in the Super Bowl. You don't get credit for anything else. You can get the MVP award, great, good job. How deflating is it to win MVP and not win a Super Bowl? Or not win, you know, not not win an AFC championship or an NFC championship. Like that is so deflating. You look at what happened with Aaron Rodgers last year. Big whoop, right? Most valuable player in the league can't get his team to the Super Bowl. That's what it looks like, right? That's what that hardware basically says at the end of the day without a chip. Um, and I'll tell you, this you talk about a chip. <laughs> How about a chip on your shoulder for the Buffalo Bills? going into next season where you know now you have to deal with everyone who picked you <laughs> um you know to be a Super Bowl you know winner the year before now now they're going to be questioning if they should right uh they're just not trustworthy i mean you've seen time and time again uh throughout this last season that the bills were not what anyone expected Colin Coward was no i mean you could see over and over again he wanted so badly to root for the Buffalo Bills and, and, you know, just, you know, champion them. But it was just like he would then thrust them up into the air like they're about to be the champions. And then it's just like everything deflates and his whole take, you know, this happened to a lot of analysts um, that were picking the Bills. And like now we're going to go into next season and the Bills are a super underdog. Um, because Justin Herbert and company are going to be even better. The Las Vegas Raiders have, you know, Josh McDaniels and he comes from the Patriots fabric, right? And now they're going to think about, oh, well, maybe they're going to be able to really get it done because he comes from the, you know, the Patriot, you know, the Patriot way. And that's just what, you know, they needed in the, you know, in the Raiders organization. They get a couple of pieces like you can go on and on and on about different storylines. And like now the bills not only have to refurbish their entire coaching staff to figure out what the hell's going on, more importantly, fill the void. But, you know, now they got to hope going into free agency that they can compete against all these other teams that are in L.A., Las Vegas, um, you know, just to name a few, Tampa, right, where they're going to be screaming for these free agents to come to their cities. Buffalo is only going to thrive with hardware. Like, you look at what happened back in the 90s. The Bills didn't win Super Bowls, but they won AFC championships. That brought in talent. You look at Bryce Pop back in the day. You look at Lofton. Um, you know, consistently, it was one of those places where people knew if they went there, they had a chance to get a ring. And what a ring does for a person is it, it can get them a job as an analyst or in anywhere else for the rest of their life. You know, you look at what happened with, you know, Buffalo players today. For example, Steve Tasker has been in, inside the football, um, you know, business even since he retired and didn't even make the Hall of Fame yet, which he should. Everyone believes that. Um, but, you know, you look back at the results from all that, like, yeah, man, like, you got to think about this. 
if the Buffalo Bills can just figure out what else they need to piece together to win some Super Bowls or win some AFC championships, you're talking about a city and a team that is that will potentially thrive for the next 20, 30 years. Um, you know, that's basically what happened with, you know, a city in Pittsburgh. It's Pittsburgh. It's it's not necessarily, you know, the, the vacation spot, right? But it has that that same feel that Buffalo has. The reason Buffalo has a worse reputation is because they just weren't winning for so long. They were abysmal. Um, they were egregious. Like they were horrible in so many ways, organizationally, ownership. Um, you know, the players would always talk trash whenever they whenever they would leave, and some of them wouldn't. I'm not saying most of them um, do that, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, like it, it's so it was so easy for players to leave Buffalo and just trash it. Um, look at you know, I believe his name was Jordan Matthews, trashing Buffalo, saying there were only two things to do in Buffalo. I'm not going to say what they were. Um, you look at Sammy Watkins. You look at you know Marcel Darius. Like you look at all these players that let's let's say if. You know, the Buffalo Bills did well and they went to the playoffs a couple of times and they got to the AFC Championship and they had good memories winning and whatever have you, then it probably would have been a different storyline, right? Like, no, we were winning there. It was a great time. The, the vibe was amazing. The city was great and blah, 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 blah. Like, everything was, you know, jumping and bumping. It was great. But, you know, you, you really think about what Buffalo needs. And yes, they need to stay a steady contender, but they need to also figure out what's going to take it to that next level. And personally, this is my answer. I think the answer is going to be in the trenches going into this offseason, which we will talk about um, in the future, uh, obviously, as this uh, this whole entire offseason starts to go on. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm super excited about it. Um, man, it's it's just, it's, it's really tough when you think about it, right? Because you, you look at is it really the trenches? Because, you know, but, but you know, the run game, it got kind of got figured out at the end. You know, the, the offensive line started playing better. The defense started to really gel and stop the run and whatever have you. Yeah, I understand you can turn it on later in the season, but man, you do not want to be a wild card team again, having to grind your way all the way to a Super Bowl. It's so much work and there's so much risk versus reward. Um, that goes into that. Now, I it's so crazy. And, and, and in the same token, you look at what happened with the Titans and Green Bay. Um, here's what I'm going to say about that. I, I really think that the Titans really lucked out with that. Now, did they, did they earn it? Yeah, especially not having, you know, Derrick Henry. But, you know, they got lucky on, on, on a year where Buffalo wasn't humming and neither were the Chiefs as they used to be. And then you look at Green Bay, and Green Bay just had this dark cloud the in, <laughs> from the offseason all the way up until they lost in the first round of the playoffs, um, you, you know, af, after their bye week. Like, where's Aaron Rodgers going? You're going into halftime, and you're having a tough time. Like, it's bender break, and you're waiting for your so-called leader, your guy that you hope is going to take you to the promised land, to take you there, Right? And then it doesn't happen. So I really think that if Buffalo can figure out a way to get that first round and, you know, win better in the trenches, the Bills can be unstoppable. They could be that juggernaut that no one ever wants to face whenever they get in the playoffs. That's what they were in the 90s. 
And people want to harp and say, oh, you know, back in the 90s, you know, you think really think about the Buffalo Bills, like they just lucked out with a weaker, uh, you know, conference and blah, 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 blah. Like, no. The Bills, number one, they weren't always that strong. It took time. It took Jim Kelly time, just like it took Elway time. It took time for Bruce Smith and, you know, the defense to gel, uh, although it was relatively quickly. And you get Thurman Thomas. Like, there were a lot of things at play to make the Buffalo Bills hum the way they did. But it started up top with the coaching staff. So I am calling on Sean McDermott and this entire coaching staff. If you're listening, you need to take it to the next level, man. Like, the players are there. The talent is there. Yeah, maybe you need to sign a key free agent, which hopefully we can. I don't know how the cap space is going to look or who we end up cutting loose or whatever have you. But, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of dead money to be at hand anyways if you want to do that. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how Brandon Bean wants to, you know, as always be the magician that he is dealing with this. But, um, you know, Josh Allen, his contract is flexible. Um, there are things that are at play for the Buffalo Bills to, you know, they, they, they can be just as good as they were this season, if not better. Um, I want to say they'll be just as good as 2020, but, you know, teams have gotten better, so it's going to be way more competitive. Um, we don't even know what's going to happen now with Trevor Lawrence getting Byron Leftwich in Jacksonville, uh, for crying out loud. So you talk about being a steady contender, right? This is my last point. There are tons of contenders now, <laughs> you know, I've already named a few. What's crazy is no one even thought, even I'm talking about even on the NFC side, no one even thought that San Francisco was a contender. Excuse me as my son is having fun in the background here. Um, no one even thought that San Francisco was a contender. And they still contended with Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, so in the AFC, we have this situation now with Burrow, Herbert, Allen, Mahomes, Trevor Lawrence could, you know, start to really show his true colors in the, you know, next year. No one thought anything about Joe Burrow after his first year, especially after getting injured. They go, oh, this offensive line's abysmal. There's no way. And he's in the Super Bowl. Guys, he's in the Super Bowl in the second year of his career. He beat Mahomes twice. And then he beat Mahomes in the AFC Championship with a full sold-out crowd in Kansas City. Joe Burrow is here to stay. Justin Herbert carried his team into an overtime game where his coach blew it against the Las Vegas Raiders. He's here to stay. Derek Carr, as long as he has a good supporting cast and he continues what he's doing, he's here to stay for a little while longer. Patrick Mahomes is going nowhere. Here's the fact. The Bills have their guy. They have who they need. Now, what this is going to really come down to is... Are they going to keep building upon what they're doing? Or are they going to keep comparing themselves to other teams to try to match what they're doing? I really hope it's the latter. I really hope that they focus on who they are, their fabric, you know, air raid the hell out of the football and still be able to run it, win in the trenches, and have a stellar secondary. Um, it's, it's the icing on the top to have those great linebackers and having a great tight end. But, uh, you know... The defense itself, it thrives upon having a solid secondary and everything else has really come together well. So there, there's just, you, there's, there's things that you know about the Buffalo Bills, you know, roster 
right off the bat. We can rave about every single position, but I was trying to summarize it to give you, you know, a perception of how I see it. Um, in the event the Bills have to rebuild, let's say, <laughs> you know, in the relatively near future, where do they start? Well, clearly with McDermott's defense with Leslie Frazier, you're definitely starting in the secondary and building from there. And if you're looking at the Bills' offense, you're definitely starting from the wide receiver position after the quarterback, obviously, and then you're you're finishing from there. You know, it's just the way the league is now. Um, and you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, you look at, you look at what other teams have been able to do. I'm going to be completely honest with you and I may get some heat for this, but I do not believe that Brian Dable would have been able to have the same success on offense that he had with Josh Allen. If Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase was there instead of Josh Allen right? And Stefan Diggs. It's different DNA. It's different fabrics to each team. There's juggernauts now. Everyone has a haymaker in some way, shape, or form. And, you know, it's only going to get worse. And I'm sorry I left out Lamar Jackson. I don't mean to. I think Lamar Jackson is stellar. He's a former MVP in this league. He revolutionized, you know, the game again, just like Michael Vick. But yeah, um, so I want to wrap it up with this though, guys. I have the amazing opportunity of being able to um, attend the Pro Bowl game, but I'm not just going to be attending. I'm going to be serving and volunteering um, through the Air Force on Sunday. I'm super excited about that. So I'll be sending some pictures of Legion Stadium, what's going on there, um, even behind the scenes. You know, maybe I'll get a little a little snap pick with Stefan Diggs. That would be super dope. <laughs> but um, you know, we'll, we'll see, man. You already know. Um, all right, let me stop. But look. Um, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you know, stay positive out there. Um, you know, I, I know that it's been, <laughs> it's been a tough time having to see other teams, you know, go forward in this playoff run. And there were so many high hopes, but, uh, you know, the writing isn't on the wall. The bills have a very strong chance at getting better and better and better. And, you know, Ken Dorsey has earned this opportunity to be an offense to be the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo bills. And I'm really happy he picked Buffalo and not the, you know, the New Jersey giants. But, um, look, there's a lot of changes, but it almost feels like there's still going to be that familiarity and it's going to be exciting to see what kind of a different play caller Ken Dorsey's going to be, but more importantly, how much better Josh Allen can get. My gosh, like <laughs> it's going to be a very interesting season going forward, but you know, we have a window right now and I don't, I don't want to think about, you know, anybody getting older and moving on because my gosh, man, it's, it stinks. But, um, you know, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, thank you so much again for listening to me on Buff Hub. Again, I'm your host, Steve Vega. You're going to be able to listen to me every Friday, um, you know, throughout the rest of this off season, unless something changes where, you know, due to my duty, I have to be gone for a period of time. I will give you guys a heads up about that. But um, yeah, thank you so much again for, you know, sticking with me. Uh, I'm slowly learning. I'm slowly growing. But, uh, you know, it's, it's been an honor, uh, you know, being able to be a voice for fans, uh, throughout this uh, amazing season that we had with the ups and downs, highs and lows. And stick with it. You know, definitely listen to the next following podcast you're going to hear on Buffalo Rumblings. And uh, have a great rest of your weekend. Go Pills. <laughs>